it's one of those things i feel like construction's out of spot now where it, it was for a long long time the only way to get ahead was to have years of experience in construction and there's only one way to do that and that's to put in the years that's a hard reality right but the industry is getting to a point where the technology is such a big piece that you can be super proficient into technology and get out of school and really hit the ground running you can just pass right by a lot of folks who've been doing this for a long time just because you, you're, you're more current in the technology and that's that's a new thing and and so i'm excited for younger people who are wanting to learn the hands-on side but being able to just bring right away these skills that help those tradesmen do their work faster in a less frustrating way getting answers quicker we are developing students for the industry career technical education so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. Guys, we found him again. I don't know how we keep on losing Mike. I, well, I don't know where he goes. No, I sneak off, and you're like, where did Mike go? Where did oh, Mike my gosh. Go? Well, you know, it's podcast time, and he just leaves me. to be here. He just leaves me by myself to fly the Henrico CTE Now <laughs> ship solo. But I, hopefully I did a good job. Mike, what do you think? You listened to the last episodes I did by myself. I have been listening to a lot of the podcasts I've missed, actually, recently, and they're all really good. And I'm Ten wondering why they brought me back. A 10 out of 10. Because you're awesome. Like we're, because you know, you're awesome. Rashawn sounds pretty good both without you, so um, sorry. We're not going to let you go yet. With, yet with a capital You still got to come up with questions. Though. Oh, yeah. Still got to come up with the questions. Yeah, we still need your questions. No, let me stop. Okay, we got another guest for you guys to uh, listen to here inside of the Henrico CTE conference room, Mike. And uh, we're going to do another the home preliminaries? You know, yeah, I'm going to do all that. Sorry. But, you know, I got to say, you know, I got to lead up to it, right? So I got to say, oh, we got another guest. And then I also have to say, but before we get to the guest, <laughs> I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, at the handle Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com to find out all kinds of cool information about our awesome programs that we offer here inside of Henrico County, here inside of Henrico Workforce and Career Development, Career Technical Education, whatever you want to call it. We're still offering CTE. the same goodness. Still like priests. <laughs> We're still offering the same goodness no matter what. So, Mike, tell us um, where they can find the podcast. You can find the uh, podcast on all of your major podcast venues and most of your minor ones. I have yet to find one that we're not listed on yet so far. And we're doing good. We've passed 6,600 Friends, uh, whatever you want to call followers, friends, subscribers. Who knows? You know, yeah. if we've got a we're being listened to in our international audience. We're up to twenty seven countries. Twenty seven countries. We are just growing and growing inside the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Oh, yeah. Getting the wonderful world out about the awesome things that the students are doing. I don't know here. what we're doing, but we must be doing it right. I like the term <laughs> friends, by the way. You know, friends. instead of followers, yeah. friends, friends. You guys are friends, family, friends. I like that better. Okay, guys. Now for your feature presentation. Now that me and Mike uh, have rambled on for our <laughs> Two minutes, which is customary. Five. It seems five minutes, which is customary. It seems here on this program, we have with us in the building systems group manager with WM Jordan, Chad Blaylock. Welcome to the show, Mr. Blaylock. Thank yes, you so sir. much for coming out. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, and he mentioned he had been here before because sometimes I I get worried that our guests when they do come, it's to, hard to find the building. Sometimes it is because we're right across the street from central office, but 
we get lost behind transportation and nutrition. Yep, and we're in the back, back, back of the building. In the back of the building. <laughs> and, but, and the basement. <laughs> but once you get back there, it's not hard to find us because right. there's like a huge CTE logo yep. in the back. And I was hoping uh, that it was easy for you, and it was, and obviously because you were here and uh, on time. But let's go ahead and talk. We have a project called the Home for Good Project. Uh, can you give us a brief description of what that project is and how W.M. Jordan is participating in that project? And Henrico County. Yeah, in Henrico County as well. Yeah, so you know, it's for a nonprofit based out of Henrico County. It's actually a national organization that has a Henrico County arm, and that is the CASA. And they really advocate for kids who have been neglected or abused in Henrico. CASA is appointed to a child who's in a bad situation in Henrico County, and they advocate strictly for them to a judge, and they say, hey, this is what we think is best for the kid versus maybe what's best for mom or dad or grandparent or something like that. So great organization. You know, Henrico supports them completely. They have Henrico email addresses, and they're in Henrico building. So it's a nonprofit, but Henrico's really folded them into their organization. So they have a project fundraiser called Home for Good. They worked out a deal with Short Pump Town Center, and they find folks around town who are willing to build these playhouses for kids. Uh, they display it in Short Pump, get a lot of PR, a lot of attention for a few months, get a lot of traffic, and then they have them auctioned off, and eight or so lucky people in Henrico get to have one of these custom-made, custom-designed playhouses for their kids, and all the money goes to support that CASA organization so that those kids get the support and the, and the care they need. This is our first year being involved, WM Jordan, this is our first year. When I saw the opportunity, I immediately thought of Mac, who I'd met a few years ago um, just through seeing some PR on signing day and thought, man, I gotta, I gotta be a part of that in some way. I gotta meet this guy. That's such a good idea. And came down and met him, and I've been to every signing day from here on out. And so when I saw this opportunity, I thought, man, this this is perfect. You know, we've got kids who have a need in the community. We've got this Henrico Tech Center who is trying to promote the trades and show people there's a there's a, a different way, an alternate path. They're doing such a good job of that. This kids helping kids idea seemed like a perfect fit. It got some exposure to the, the uh, Henrico Technical Center, and just a great, great opportunity for both organizations and hopefully something that's sustainable year after year, right? We build these playhouses. It gets multiple departments involved, and, and Mac drew in the CAD folks, and he drew in the carpentry folks. He drew in the child care and development folks to kind of test the concept. So he got all these different departments working. So I'm excited about it. Mac being the director for yeah. workforce and career development. So, yes. Yeah, yeah Mac, yeah, he's full of ideas and yeah, our great boss. ideas. Yeah, our <laughs> boss. You know, but, I, you know, I'm saying all these great things about him, but I, I truly do mean it. Uh, he really is uh, on the cutting edge of innovation when it comes to career and technical education and using that to serve our kids by giving them the skills but also serve the community in situations like this where they're actually building something that would go forward to help kids, kids helping kids, uh, like you were saying, uh, Mr. Blaylock. But uh, I understand WM Jordan, you guys donated some materials. What did you guys donate exactly? Yeah, so we partnered up with ACI, Atlantic Constructors, a local HVAC and plumbing uh, industrial contractor, and they agreed to provide all the materials 
for the build. So it wouldn't be a, an issue with funding or how do we scrape up the money to buy the materials kind of thing. So we just made it easy. All Henrico had to do was provide the talent and we would provide all, all of the material just to make it an easy easy thing to say yes to, right? So we appreciate it for ACI and their help. And WM Jordan's role in this is really to, you know, align those two and provide any kind of assistance to it throughout design and construction, any kind of mentoring that we can provide if you get stuck or there's an issue. But quite frankly, all the instructors, they're super smart and more than capable of building these things so we're just really kind of watching from the outside and lucky to be a part of it and the wonderful thing mike about the instructors uh inside of our programs they've actually been in the field too so oh, yeah coming I mean, from industry and then teaching kids the the ropes yeah they're, they're not just coming out of you know with with some teaching credentials or something coming out of college they came from the industry so they've had the experience they've been out there doing the job and so they're bringing a lot more than the basics to what the students are learning. So they're actually getting hands-on, real-world experience. You know, when you've got companies like WM Jordan, and they get that contact with those companies, they're get that that's that more of that real-world connection. So, Absolutely. And if I can get your opinion on this, Mr. Blaylock, why do you think an experience like this is good for students, right? For students that maybe one, one day might work for WM Jordan or any other of the construction companies out there in Richmond and really in the nation. Yeah, well, I think you get to see in a real tangible way, not an abstract way, the good that you can do with your talent and skill, how you can make your community better today, tomorrow, like immediately. Yeah. And you can see that impact. And, and sometimes it's harder when you're doing, you know, quadratic equations and one day you might be an engineer or, you know, you're learning about gerunds on participles and maybe that'll help you become a good lawyer someday. You know, those are all noble pursuits, but this is really a where the rubber meets the road, where I can see a tangible difference today. And it's a it's something that is there for the life of the structure of the building. So I think there's there's a lot of positives that go along with that. I think that goes right along with what we've always said about with our students that are in the house building program, you know, the students in the electrical class, the ones that are in the, the carpenter class and HVAC and all that, they all get involved. We're one house 19 right now that they're completing right now. And those students get to see that just like they're going to yeah. see these playhouses or, or know about these playhouses that the good they're going to do for, for young people, but they get to see from here till whenever they get to drive by and, and they get to tell their future families i helped build that house as a student in high school and whether that becomes their career you know they take that pathway or not that's still something that they get to hold on to the rest of their lives making this conversation come full circle we'll talk about giving back and then seeing that yeah. immediate result and with that selfishness yeah yeah and then with i don't necessarily for lack of a better term charity you don't necessarily always see the result Right. right then, right? It, right. It's uh, exponential. Right. The There's a disconnect. You Sometimes you make a donation, you yeah. do a $25, $100 donation to something. You never see the tangible you know, return from that yeah. money that you've donated. But the students are actually doing the work that putting these together, whether it's the CAD students doing yeah. the design and the carpentry students doing the build Absolutely. And, and such, they, they, they are hands on. They, they know what they're doing is going to help someone. It's not just the skills that they're getting to practice with it's it's that connection with doing good for somebody absolutely i mean there's nothing wrong with doing can drives but this is a little yeah. bit more than yes. just doing a yeah. simple can drive so that's awesome and i'm glad you guys have 
I'm glad you thought of Mac and thought of Henrico CTE or Henrico Workforce. That's right up his alley. I know, you know, yeah, oh, I knew as soon his, as he heard it, I'm sure he jumped out of his, his chair eye, and jumped on that I one. know his eyes <laughs> lit up. But let's talk a little bit about you, Mr. Chad Blaylock. So your current position with WM Jordan, you've been there for 14 years, is that correct? Or? Yes, sir, that's right. Okay, I was like hoping I was in the ballpark with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so building systems group manager, what does that mean? Put it in layman's terms for us. Yeah, so um, I work for a big builder construction manager or general contractor and so a customer comes to us and they have an idea you know say i want to um in two years i want to be able to make a certain product that comes out the back end of this building and and then we take it and say okay well we might need this design effort this is about how much money we think it'll take to build it this is about how long and this is the process and then we start to help them manage that process and so my role is specifically on the pipes the ducts and the wires the building systems part of the structure we have other folks who really focus on the steel the concrete the drywall the framing the finishes all those things that you kind of see a bit more Uh, i'm involved in things maybe you feel and are part of the experience a bit more and also the things that consume energy so the things that move is the way i like to kind of think about them and so my job on the very front of the project is to help align the budget for those systems for what they have to spend and and we deal in a lot of kind of big numbers so say that manufacturing plan is is a hundred million dollars maybe the pipes ducts and wires cost 30 million of the 100 million. And so we have to really closely align the systems they can afford with what they need and the money they have. And it's this constant process of trading off, you know, systems that are very energy efficient are usually very expensive. And so how long does it take to get that energy savings back? Maybe it's a good deal for them, maybe it's not. Systems that are really quiet tend to be a little more expensive. So is it worth the money for the quietness or do you really not care? So let's save some money there. And the the very big picture on the systems is that whatever they're spending on those systems, that's money they're usually not spending on the things they can see and touch mm-hmm. and feel, yeah. like granite and glass and really nice wood floors. And those are the things they typically want to spend their money on. <laughs> you can't see, you know, no no one goes to a building and thinks, man, except for maybe guys like me, those are really <laughs> awesome pipes. Guys, guys <laughs> in industry, wires, right? <laughs> um, and so it's that balancing that piece and helping translate there. And so that's my role in pre-construction before the building gets built. During construction, it's quality control, helping to make sure that those systems that are eventually covered up are tested, inspected, put in with care, put in the way the customer wants, documented. We work with a lot of the tradespeople that may come out of this program, the CAD and BIM folks um, on the computer side. We work with them extensively to document and make sure the quality is there. And then on the very back end, as the building comes to life, you know, making sure that it works right and it's it's not a a problem for the maintenance staff, the facility staff. It really the works the way you expect it to, and that takes a lot of effort, uh, especially as buildings are, are are a lot more they're a lot more complex than they used to be. We used yeah, to you know imagine. twenty thirty years ago, you would kind of flip a switch as you left. Everything just kind of comes on and it just works. It's simple. Um, now. You know, it's like this big symphony. Motors are ramping up. They're 
coming down. Lights are dimming. It used to be lights were on or off. Now they're, you know, <laughs> all kinds of different lighting controls, and that's throughout the whole building. And so it's that process of aligning the budget with the uh, with the need and the and the dollars. It's quality control during construction, and then it's finally helping make sure the building comes to life and it works the way the owner expects it to. And that all equals a full day's work, <laughs> a full week's work, <laughs> that's a right. year's worth of work right there that, in, the, what, in construction terms, I'm sure. Yeah. What are some projects that you've worked on uh, that we may know here in the Richmond area? Yeah. So, um, you know, the VCU library was an interesting project I worked on. Uh, that was a really tough build right in the heart of campus. And those are always logistically very challenging with students everywhere and you have cranes everywhere and you're lifting over top of them and there's just a lot of considerations above and beyond and just the how do you build it you and know? it's a library too so i know it's constant constant foot traffic especially at a university absolutely yeah so those two like you know they're fighting each other through the whole project right library versus noisy construction how do you how do you balance that so that was really interesting vcu is a really great client here um for us. Um, We renovated the Central National Bank building, which was a building that sat for, gosh, 40 or 50 years right downtown and finally got renovated and turned into um, a lot of apartments. So that was a really interesting project, had an innovative HVAC system called VRF, Variable Refrigerant Flow. And so that was neat to be a part of. And that was in the recessed economy back when things were kind of really slow. So to be able to do something in town, innovative, to help gainfully employ a lot of hands. It's just nice to be a part of that and to see people staying busy even when a lot of other folks are, are, are kind of slow. So we saw those talented construction hands remain busy in spite of what a lot of people were seeing was a bit of a down economy. And a lot of people are starting to realize, uh, unfortunately, with uh, the pandemic going on, how essential these those construction hands that you're mentioning are. But what you guys do with the safes in the bank? I know that, like the, those old <laughs> banks, don't they have those big banks you seeing like western movie big uh safety metal safe big yeah. metal safe it's that old it's probably something there was yeah. at least one <laughs> it had to be at least one of those yeah yeah so there were um, multiple safes oh. and we kept them in place and they are big marquee pieces of that building i think yeah. one is right when you walk in it's kind of a a piece that they show off, right? Uh, I think there's a there's That's a where system. the elevator comes in. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you walk coming through the safe into the elevator. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of cool, Mike. I'm not going to lie. They're gonna still, you might want to patent that. That's a good yeah. idea. No, I'm just kidding. Super interesting. I think that building also had one of those old systems where, you know, to get paperwork from, say, the first floor to the 20th floor, like a vacuum system where you stick this yes. tube in there. Yes. Remember I know exactly what you're talking about. You yeah. used to have those. I'm going to um, have to Google that one, guys. No, you have a little tube and you open it up and you put your paper in. You usually have to roll it up because it's 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 a round tube, and you open up the trap, and there's a vacuum system. It's constantly running. Oh. You put it in there, you shut the door, and it takes off, and it goes someplace and drops in another room. I bet you there's a video on YouTube University yeah. I could find to actually see that thing working. Yeah. That sounds completely interesting. Oh, if uh, if you go back and watch like an old uh, Miracle on 34th Street, the mail room downstairs. Turner Classic Movies. Yep. Gotcha. You watch that, and that is in that movie. <laughs> uh, that's for the show notes, kids. We will link a... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the mailroom was down in the basement, and they used the vacuum system for it. But, uh, Chad, I also wondered, what, what is it like to see something like that transform? It's got to be satisfying for you, and I can imagine you put a lot of hours into, the, into that type of project, a lot of work. So what is it like to see, I guess, a project take, take shape in that form? You know, it just feels good to be a part of. You feel like you're actually making a difference doing something good 
something that's going to last and stay. A lot of the buildings we build, especially buildings for, let's say, the government, they build 50- and 100-year buildings, you know, is the goal. So they take a little longer. They're a little more expensive, but they last a really long time. So my kids are probably sick to death of as we drive around, me pointing out buildings, and they're like, I know, I know, Dad, you built that building. Um, but, it's, you know, and when you talk to tradesmen, they'll pretty much all tell you that that's a, that's a common theme with yeah. them, right? You know, they go around and tell their family. Oh, we've heard it. Yeah. We've heard yeah. it here on the show. Yep. So that's, um, you know, that's there's there's only one way to get that, and that's to be a part of it and to actually do it. You know, either you're 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 doing those things, making that happen, or you're you're kind of on the outside looking in. Um, so, you know, it's something to be proud of for sure. So it feels good. It's a good feeling. Yeah, and then let's talk a little bit about how you how you've seen the industry evolve. I mean, you've been uh, you've had you have a lengthy engineering background for sure. So how have you seen the uh, the industry? Uh, evolve over time as far as technology, as far as techniques, things like that. Yeah. So when I first started in the mid nineties, you know, it was all paper based. I, I got my start as an assistant project engineer on a project for Whitehall Robbins, actually downtown, make a Robitussin and chapstick, things like that. And they were building a big plant. So answer to add in the paper. I, I had a little bit of HVAC experience from a from a summer job. Got the job and learned a lot in those couple years. And most of what I did was make copies on a big plotter, you know, use scotch tape and, and pens and fax machines. And, you know, it was all very, very paper-based and just starting to become kind of electronic. You could see it coming, but um, it wasn't quite there yet. So I was on the very tail end of that. And, you know, fast forward maybe 20, what, five years or so from that point, And there's hardly a stitch of paper yeah. in an architect's office or um, a construction manager's office, all totally electronic, using PDFs and programs like Bluebeam or Adobe to really mark things up. Everybody's got two and three monitors, two monitors at a very minimum, three or more. One big long monitor. (laughs) Yep. You know, Um, so er everything's electronic. Everything's transferred that way. You no longer. I was trying to send uh, some something to Blacksburg just this morning, and we were trying to scratch up some kind of a big envelope or tube to put a drawing in and it just we couldn't find it in the whole office and you know i was thinking man 20 years ago this is everywhere yeah um so it's completely evolved in that way and, and really you know the the younger folks have a pretty good strategic advantage there right where they have this igen they've grown up with the phones in their pockets so you know when we see them get paired up with you know superintendents who have been doing this a long time you know they make a really good pair those two right you get the experience of the seasoned guy um, who really wants to most of them really want to find a way to hand down what they've learned and they're eager to, to teach people who want to learn right and then you get the other side who they really know how to make workflow quickly but just don't have the experience you put yeah. those two together that's a powerful combo right there that's that's a win-win situation for both because they can learn from one another yeah have y'all gotten to the level of augmented reality where y- y'all can see the the work that needs to be done by just pointing a camera at something and it's showing you what's not really there but you see it on the screen and saying yep that that's where that those those conduits are going and that's where the wiring's going this where this do y'all get into that yet yeah so we have so that augmented reality as someone explained it to me the easiest way 
to think about that as just that first down line on the, on TV as you're watching the football game, uh, right? That's, that's yeah. essentially that's augmented yep. reality. That's right. like the perfect way to explain it, right? Yeah. It's perfect. So, you know, what does that really mean? And so, yeah, we are. We'll, uh, we'll have the model of the 3D model of, say, what goes above the ceiling drawn and, and figured out and, you know, where the duct goes, where the pipe goes, where the electrical wire goes, where the fixture goes. And so we'll have that on a on an iPad and we can actually just point that iPad up at the ceiling and it shows us what should be there. And as we move the iPad, it shows us what ducts, wires, lights should be in what areas. And you can use it for QC. Um, you can use it to understand progress. How far along are you? Are you on track? So it's something that uh, we use. And, you know, I think over the u- next few years, it's just going to take off. And again, that's one of those it's one of those things. I feel like construction's at a spot now where it, it was for a long, long time. The only way to get ahead was to have years of experience in construction. And there's only one way to do that, and that's to put in the years. That's a hard reality, right? But the industry is getting to a point where the technology is such a big piece that you can be super proficient into technology and get out of school and really hit the ground running. You can just pass right by a lot of folks who have been doing this for a long time just because you, you're, you're more current in the technology. And that's that's a new thing. And and so I'm excited for younger people who are wanting to learn the hands-on side, but being able to just bring right away these skills that help those tradesmen do their work faster in a less frustrating way, getting answers quicker. You know, one thing about construction is it can be frustrating when things change. Or yeah. Most guys just want to wake up, they want to do their work, and they, they, they don't want to be stopped or slowed down. They want to get good production. Doesn't That's not all the way, way these jobs go. And so when you can get them production and clear the runway, it just does so much for culture and for it's the way people feel about their day and their work. And they would s- to see these young folks be able to come in, kind of clear the runway. <laughs> these guys. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And that's what that's our job is, you know, is getting the, the students up to, to par so that yeah. they're ready to jump into that world. Yeah. And, and one thing that I, I'm glad we're hearing in the show right now is that construction is, is not staying the same. People think it's just swinging a hammer. Oh, yep. I stick, you know, I well, screw this in here, place this board there. But it's evolving. The technology. Technology is evolving with it. I think we're looking for ways to be efficient. Yeah, the past few podcasts we've shown that. Yeah, we have. Even when I missed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Architectonic, where they had that cool Faro laser scanner scanning in full 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are showing great examples of how construction industry, the construction industry as a whole, has evolved. Let's talk a little bit about education, though. You went to Virginia Tech from I want to say '99 to '01. I believe a certain quarterback was there during that time at Virginia Tech. (laughs) Yeah. It might have been pretty good. I think he actually made it to the NFL. Did you get a chance to catch those games? It's completely off topic right here. Just a bit. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're good. did you get a chance to catch those games? Yeah, but also that. that. A- and also, did you get did you catch the games? And what was that experience like? You went there for mechanical engineering as well. Is that something typical of someone who wants to be in your position one day? Yeah, so in- engineering is a pretty typical um, degree to pursue. There's also degrees in construction management or architecture or um, real estate or really anything business. I don't use much of my degree. You know, I use yeah. may- maybe a couple percentage points of it, quite frankly, you know, and I, most people would probably tell you that, but it did teach me how to learn, taught me that I can do hard things, you know, and you can get through it and you can grind through it. You know, that's a lot of what just school is. You know, my, I have four kids and when they 
talk to me about Shakespeare or something like that. I'm like, gosh, guys, like I know, <laughs> I know, like you will never use this yep. ever in your life. But this is about doing hard things that you don't like to do, and in spite of that, succeeding and doing well. That's all this is—a lesson in that, you know. So that, that's what a lot of that education was. But uh, yeah, I was there during the Vic years, yeah. and um, I, I didn't know anything about college football going in. I didn't know what I was getting into. I I just knew when I showed up there. The school I went to was on ESPN all the time, <laughs> and it was super fun. And I thought that was just normal. I, had, I didn't know. But, yeah, I, I passed uh, Michael a handful of times at school just walking around. And, um, you know, it was a fun time to be there. That, that's that's for sure. Yeah, I can definitely imagine the hype around 99 to 2001. He got drafted in 2001, but this is not a, a sports show. I just thought I had to throw that in there. But that you were literally there, like, during the Vic years. It's pretty monumental in Virginia history here how how does the background that lengthy background of engineering experience help you on the daily right even you even though you're more of a managerial role let's walk down some of the jobs you had prior and how that experience helps you what you're doing now with what you've been doing now for quite some time at wm jordan yeah so it helps me be in a spot where i can provide solutions you know um you're you're part of these big teams um you know and it's this constant process of we got a problem we got a challenge and how do we solve it that's kind of what that engineering background get gets you um trained for how do you solve problems yeah. how do you approach problems how do you set up problems up because you know certainly you don't learn how to attack every single problem you're ever going to face in engineering school it's just generally this is this is how you approach um, an issue and how you start to work through it. So, and some of the technical background, I mean, I certainly do use some of what I learned. Thermodynamics just sounds, you know, super academic and and, and nerdy. Sounds like a lot and, and hard, you know, <laughs> like oh. And and ninety percent of what I learned in there, I don't use. You know, entropy and enthalpy and really complicated ideas and differential equations and i don't use any of that stuff but there are some concepts like btus british thermal units and kilowatts and and how that all works those are all things that that we learn in engineering school that you would learn in hvac class here at Mm. ct they're all all common terms common vernacular you know you do have to have this kind of general understanding of how things work and that's a little bit of what it gives you as well in order to be part of the solution. You don't want to just be throwing out dumb ideas, right? Or people will stop asking you. <laughs> um, and, and and certainly you run into those people. You're like, man, who's who like this guy? You know, you just, you know, we can't do that. You know, the laws of physics don't allow it. Stop talking. Um, so you have to have some credibility, yeah. you know, and I think it gives yeah. you kind of, that, kind of that street cred a little bit, you know, that, okay, this guy's got some good ideas that are workable. And so I, I think that's a bit of what it gave me. And I, I, I started my journey uh, when I graduated from high school. You know, I just cold called a bunch of HVAC companies, mechanical contractors in the yellow pages. I, I thought I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. I had no idea what that meant. And so I looked up mechanical in the yellow pages and I started calling them when I was a senior in high school, knowing I didn't want to flip burgers. And if I want to be an engineer, maybe I should just see what it's about. I had no right. idea. And so I got through to the G's, found a company that was willing to give me a summer job. And I worked 60, 70 hours a week for another buck an hour versus all my burger flipping buddies and came out the back end of that summer knowing a lot. So it was it was it was huge, you know, and so that paired up with my the engineering degree kind of created a really good recipe when I graduated for 
somebody that was in demand and uh, kind of knowing that, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do versus, gosh, I spent three or four years doing this and not even sure if I want to be this. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. That. Uh, so what's the advice that you would give with all that in mind, right? What's the advice that you would give somebody who wants to uh, be a mechanical engineer or maybe be sitting in the position that you're sitting in right now in your current role? Yeah, so I actually have four kids. I have one that's in high school and then one that's in eighth grade. So I'm in the spot now where I'm advising. Yeah. You know? So it's like, hey, what are you telling your kids kind of thing? Um, you know, I've, I've actually have two kids that are biological kids, two adopted kids uh, from, from Africa. So they don't speak English that well and they're kind of behind. And so... You know, they oh, what, may what not. country from Africa? I'm from, sorry. Yeah, Sierra Leone. Okay. They've been here for about four years. James is uh, 15, phenom soccer player, you know, just yeah. just like unbelievable, right? Um, and yeah, then, so- uh, soccer's definitely a top tier sport over there. Gosh, Absolutely. yeah. They, they breathe it, right? And they yeah. play, you know, barefooted with a flat soccer ball, right? Yeah. So they, they, wow. uh, they yeah, they, can, you, they can get after it. Yeah, they get after it, especially when you inflate that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. It's, it's fun to watch. You know, he, he just like, races completely by the kids that have you know been in travel ball and coached by <laughs> expensive coaches and whatever right you know you see all that and he just like takes them to school and it's just super fun to you know like yeah when he first got here it's like uh you know it just it was like watching pele play against you know, whatever, <laughs> high you know, schoolers wreck. Yeah. they just could they just couldn't complete they just they couldn't could complete. they could not and, it, and it's like man where you know how long has he been playing has he been on all these teams i'm like no nah, no he's just, never just, played organized sports before this is his first rolling team, the ball know? out in the yard oh, rolling gosh. the ball in the yard. but what's that advice that you're giving so you know they they're in a spot where they're maybe behind and and not in, not not able to be on this college track college path but those two adopted kids versus the biological kids, they are so good at figuring things out. Critical thinking. Because they have had to. Yeah. yeah. Right? They've had to. And it's really awoken us to, you know, what's more valuable really in this world? You know, kids that that really excel at the whole gerund participle, Romeo and Juliet kind of world or the kids that actually figure stuff out yeah they can communicate with other people they they get kind of this commander's intent of i may not have every little detail every little direction but i know where we're trying to go right and 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 i can help us get there right and they excel at that and i you know my guidance to um james who was my first high schooler is going to be if i were you I would go look at um, some of the MEP trades, mechanical, electrical, yeah. plumbing trades. Those tend to be the high, high, highest of the demands right now, right? So pick one of those. It's okay that you can't spell Mississippi yet. It's fine. No one need, and if you need to look it up, you can look it up now, right? Everybody's got a phone. You can ask Siri. <laughs> exactly. Ask Siri. Exactly. <laughs> But this skill you will always have with you. And if you continue to progress with some of those ancillary skills and catch up, you know, college is, is always there for you. In your life, you're always going to have to deal with problems to solve. And this just sets you up with how to approach and solve those problems. You know, you talk about the playhouse earlier, you know, and, and, and whether you decide to be a carpenter or not, there are going to be so many moments in your life where you, you may want to build a deck. 
Yeah. Or you may want to hire someone to build a deck right. or fix something or repair something. And you are you're self-sufficient versus mm-hmm. relying on Or change your else. oil. I still can't do that. <laughs> Rashawn, I bring that up all the time. But it's true, but, though. I wish I could. But what you're saying, everything you're saying is right down CTE's alley. Yeah. You know, Henrico CTE, it's all about the critical thinking and getting them prepared to be, able, to be self-reliant, to be able to move into a particular career and even go, whether it's going into the contractor level or they're going into to the engineer's level. We have all those options out there for them. I have a license to do my trade in a few years with zero debt, but then walk in and go, but I can still go to college and I can become the engineer who's designing the work and doing, you know, getting the work planned out and for the, the contractor's working with the contractors having and then having the experience of both i mean how many engineers out there actually have the skills of what they're teaching they're trying to tell the contractor how to do this you know i need it done this way if they already have those skills they're an even better engineer after you've understood the application your understanding of the theory can only be that much more elevated because of that experience that you bring Henrico CTE brings to the students all these this knowledge to them so that they can choose the path they need to go on. Start them on a path, find out, this, is this what I want to do? Or does it bring me to a level where I, before, if I hadn't gone this way, it's less likely I would have seen the ability to get to that next step. Yeah. You know, I, I can't picture myself doing that. But now that you've gone in this, into a CTE program, it doesn't matter which one it is. You're getting that crit- critical thinking, that hands-on experience, learning how to uh, take care of yourself and, and to um, and to just as simple as doing the resume, learning to do yeah, the resume, those soft skills, and you know, stuff all the so, yeah, soft skills yeah. that come along with everything that we're offering, they can eventually, we're providing that ability for them to see the path before them they couldn't see before. So it, it, whether you're going down a hands-on trade or you're going into, and, and I'm sorry, engineering is still hands-on. You it know, is. You know, I'm going to sit there and make fun of the engineer because where he put the battery, it's still hands-on. <laughs> you know, it's still something that we're providing a pathway to. Um, and But it's – our, our job, you know, is, is – getting that information to the students so they realize that so that they'll take the opportunity to pick one of our programs and be able to see that path before them so chad i'm, I'm guessing that oh do you want to comment on what well, i was going to say a big a big disservice i think that you know all the systems have have done over the years is they they it feels like you're in this either or scenario yeah, yeah. right where you're forced to pick at 15, 16, well, are you going to go the blue-collar route or the white-collar route? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you choose, you know, the blue-collar route, you know, you're, you're kind of down that path forever. And that's just not the case. Um, you know, I, I, you know, went to John Tyler right out of high school. I was never like that honor student. I actually had my guidance counselor at uh, – I went to Manchester High School in Chesterfield. Uh, my guidance counselor told me – my um, high school. <laughs> um, my guidance counselor told me that, hey, you know, you're 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 smart enough to go to college, but you know, not not engineering. You know, you just you know, you got a C in chemistry. You're not in honors math. Go, you need to um, go back and see that counselor right, and say, oh, right? really? She said maybe uh, maybe accounting or something like that. And called my mom and told her that. You know, you got to get this kid really thinking about reality. You know? Man, what does that um, do to a child's psyche, though? Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, no. it can either kind of crush you, or it can, or it can you know, motivate you. Can, you, can you. Double down on it, and you then know? become and, a, and a, a a whole engineer. That's like, right, that's it. And, and it did. Um, you know, but I um, I went to John Tyler. Um, I took classes at night. Um, 
I worked uh, summers doing HVAC work. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't make A's in college like a lot of those honors uh, math kids. A lot of them also dropped out of engineering school because everybody's smart there, not just them, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, but, you know, you grind through it, you get through it. And, you know, as I graduated and I was, you know, accepting offers and talking to people, hands down, 100%, no one really cared about the fact that I had a 2.5 GPA. They could have cared less. They want to know if you could do the work. They were keyed into the parts of my resume that showed this guy has worked with other people. This guy's done hard work. He's done hands-on work. He actually know how the duct work is built. So when he designs the duct work, it actually works right. They were far more concerned about that. They were far more interested in you paid for college. You paid for a lot of college. You know, it wasn't just a, you know, you got handed a bunch of money and you just had fun for four years. They were far more concerned and interested in those things than they were in the GPA when you graduate. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and it resulted in lots of offers, good salary getting out of school, uh, really in spite of the GPA. The GPA was such a secondary thing. And that's tailored my approach with my kids. I tell them all the time, I don't care what grades you get. I care about effort. I care about how good of a communicator you are. I care about how good of a friend you are, um, how good of a person you are. Like those are the things that are going to differentiate you and make you successful. Yeah. Forget about the GPA because yeah. you're not going to use most of it. You know, <laughs> just do your best. Right. Work ethic. Yeah. Push that. You know. You know, being a good person and having work ethic, I think, is two huge things. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap the show up, I want to uh, kind of zero in on WM Jordan. What are some of the entry level opportunities? Are there internships? Are there ways students can prepare maybe possibly for employment in some of those construction roles that you guys may be looking for in the future? Yeah. So we tend not to hire a lot of entry level um, because we are more of the managers. So people tend to work their way up into those management roles. So everybody at our organization is generally in a manager type role. Um, But I can tell you that typically the highest paid people within our organization, the people who are in the most demand by far, the people that are the hardest to get and the hardest to replace are tradesmen who work their way up. They continue to learn. They continue to kind of be lifelong learners. They have good communication skills. They're good planners. Um, They are unicorns. They're purple unicorns. Because <laughs> they got that perfect combination right there. They're impossible to find. Yeah. They're impossible to find. Everybody's looking for them. And no one cares in the least that they don't have a degree, that they haven't gone to college. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, it's about results and performance. And you know, I feel like the whole economy is getting a little more geared towards that and a little less towards the degree kind of gets you into this, you know, through this door, you know, foot in the door. It's less of that. So those superintendents that we have that can actually build buildings and have actually laid block and poured concrete and know how to do some surveying and, you know, understand the building trees, they are absolutely worth their weight in gold. And the big, the big key for those folks is just, you got to just keep learning. When you get your journeyman's card, it's not the end. It's the beginning. When you get your master's card, it's not the beginning. It's, 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 it's just the start of something, you know, be a great planner. You don't have to take classes, just work on becoming a great communicator, work on inspiring people, um, work on motivating people and leading people. And you will, 
work your way up so fast. I mean, so fast, much faster than going to, uh, you know, engineering is what, five or maybe six years these days and uh, whatever, $100,000. You know, you go to trade school or you go to CTE, you get out and, you know, in those five or six years, you, you work building probably six, seven buildings. And then at that same spot in life where they're graduating, just starting mm-hmm. to become some entry level engineer with very little experience, you have a master's card and you've built six or seven buildings and you have a ton of experience and you are on your way to a foreman superintendent and you're just light years ahead, honestly. <laughs> and you're probably doing something you love, which is outside, working with your hands, not stuck at a desk. Um, I just, you know, Micro does a good job of, of, of talking about this narrative, but I mean, there is so much opportunity there. So um, many. Oh my gosh. You know, if I could go back in time um, and what I'm advising my kids to do is, is get into that trade route and um, just continue to want to learn, be a lifelong learner, be a communicator, and sky's the absolute limit. Well, I mean, he dropped so many major bars in that one right there, Mike. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like, how do we follow up? Yeah. I don't want to close it because it's so good. <laughs> but I do, I do have We're a, running up against the clock. Michael, I know, go I ahead. Go I ahead. Do, I, do I know a, he's got stuff I have to do. My last question is like, what is it, Are you, from what you're saying, you know, that you're looking for that purple unicorn, what, are, what do you see? Um, what is y'all's company doing to try and find that purple unicorn? What, you know, and, and what your company and what the what do you think trades companies, you know, that you are that are employed with you doing the work for you? What do they need to do, especially when you look at what's happening now? Yeah. And so hard to find people getting into the trades. I mean, we're doing everything we can to try and attract the students and get them in there. What do the companies need to be doing to and what do, what do you think CTE? What is it that we we haven't seen yet that you see that we need to do let's let's go that route what do we need to do so i think you know the the signing day pr campaign you know um is a big part of that right it's just gotten such a bad rap for so so long like you 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 fall into the trades as a second uh resort last resort right versus choosing to be a a, a pipe fitter or welder or whatever it might be so exactly um so that's part of it just the pr issue um, you know, starting earlier, I think we're learning that by the time you get into high school, a lot of times your mindset is 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 there. So it's starting in elementary school and middle school um, a bit more. And so, you know, uh, the ABC Associated Building Contractors, AGC Association of General Contractors, you know, we're in uh, middle schools and high schools all the time now talking about what we're doing and that's the great. opportunities. So that's that's a big part of it. Um so it, it and it's debunking the myth, right? Of this work work smart versus work hard, you know, and that's that's hard. That's hard, you know, in the in the, yeah. in the era where you know kids think they can invest in Bitcoin, whatever that is, <laughs> yep. and be a millionaire versus you know possibly work hard and 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 be a mason, you know, and and, and then they figure out Bitcoin is hard to figure yeah. out too. What is that? <laughs> Somebody explain it to me, right? Um, so the PR piece is big, yeah. um, and and I think something the industry is doing is we're just getting better about m- not making it such a um, a difficult job. You know, the idea of working outside in the cold, in the mud. Um, you know, it's how hard. It doesn't have to. It's hard. It's going to be a hard work always. 
Um, but it doesn't have to be as hard as it has been. You know, right. it's so much safer now than it used to be, right? So I know some parents might, well, electrician, that sounds dangerous, right? right. Um, working up on scaffolding or on a crane. So there are some inherent dangers, but it's getting safer and safer. So I think the industry's doing a good job there. And then we're, we're bringing a lot of the work indoors so we're prefabricating huge parts of buildings so it used to be if you were a plumber you would just have a huge pile of copper pipe dropped off and then you would have a you know a bunch of you know soldering gas and and solder and you would just what we call sweat the pipe and and join all that pipe together in the field well now you know a lot of it comes out of a big warehouse atlantic constructors the company uh, buying the material for that casa build you know, they have huge prefabrication facility um, just north of, of Petersburg and Chesterfield. And, and a lot of what they send to a job site, it's all prefabricated. They work in a well-lit conditioned space. They're working at a, at a desk level height. They have all their tools right there. They don't see a stitch of mud. So it doesn't have to be just going out and hucking in the mud and working in the cold if you want to be a, a skilled tradesman. There are other really good opportunities. And the industry is doing a better job of saying, hey, talented people don't necessarily want to work out in the hot, the cold, up high, and you need to find a way to attract that talent and retain that talent. And that prefabrication component, which is driven off the BIM and the CAD, um, and some of that laser scanning you all talked about, it's all tied together. It's all tied together and, and creating opportunities for people who you know, don't want to necessarily be on a job site, but still want to build things, right? Yeah. Um, so th- I think that is, is helping and showcasing that. Um, so th- th- those are a couple, um, and just showing their value in the world, right? You know, um, I m- money obviously talks. You know, I think someone, you know, mentioned something about, you know, we talk about these soft things, and at the end of the day, you know, it's about gas in your tank too at some point, right? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> right? And, and Got to do that. That's money, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so showing them, um, hey, th- 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 these are the these are these the real are some... dollars, right? Um, that you can that you can make and will make. Um, that's a big part of it as well because it's it's hard to argue with that yeah and you know i want to say all cte jobs will help you make a livable wage coming out with certifications yep uh adjacent it, to the job title yeah and and you know i bring this up i, I tell the students this and not, again you know it sounds like i am i'm not knocking college but you know when when a student realizes that they can do one of two things this is the path they'd want to choose. But if they're worried, they're picking the wrong path. If the CT or the trades path, they might, oh, is that really for me? Am I really going to be able to do well uh, and take care of a family, take care of myself? You know, we have tradesmen that come and tell us, you've got a choice. You can be working for four years and make $100,000, or you can go to college for four years and owe $100,000. So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's where you want to go. It's all in what you want to do. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Chad Baylock, uh, Building Systems Group Manager with WM Jordan. So much more than that title. Uh, so much beautiful gems dropped here today on Enrico CT <laughs> Now. Man, we might need a part two with him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank, but th- seriously, though, thank you so much for coming out. Before we go, I want to remind you guys, check us out Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com for the awesome programs um, that we offer here in Henrico County Public Schools. Check it out on RecoCTE.com. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast at all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues. Like and sub- Find us, like, and subscribe. We've got, what, we're on our fourth year. We've got plenty. We've got, uh, Four years we've already. almost got 100 episodes. So we're definitely, we're pushing 80. 
Yeah, we're in the 80s. And so we got plenty of content to listen to. Yep, and we post bi-weekly, so that ends up being about twice a month. Mm-hmm. And we are talking to professionals, much like Mr. Blaylock here, giving you the insider information on how to break in and also uh, the, the benefits of and, breaking in. Yeah, and the students who've made it. And the students, too. We Student success stories a lot. and. Mm-hmm. So go check it out. Like Mike said, we have a lengthy catalog for you to explore. All right, that's it for us here on Henrico CTE Now. I'm Rashawn Garnett for Mr. Chad Blaylock for Mike Roberts. This has been Henrico CTE Now. Until next time, so long, everyone. <laughs>